0: Many people look at numerically orientated careers and think that those worlds are entirely governed by logic and process, and clearly, those attributes are key foundations. However, one of the things we have learned from talking to the startup CFO members is that bringing true creativity, without doubt, can deliver an edge in these career journeys. You're listening to CFO Insights, the leading podcast for CFOs in tech. I'm Guy Hutchinson, your host. And co founder of Startup CFO. Let's see what we can learn from Tom Coward. As we look at Tom's career, you might be surprised how an extended period traveling unlocked key skills. Welcome to the podcast, Tom.
1: Thanks very much, Guy. Pleased to be here.
0: Yeah, well, you, like you've been a long standing member of the group, I think you must have been in joining us the first couple of years at least. So um, it's, it's been great to chat over the many years and and really good to have you here to take us on a deep dive on certain aspects of your career. Yeah,
1: it's been brilliant. I've been with uh, Startup CFO for a long time and it's been a fantastic enabler for some of my growth as well. So yeah, really, it's it's a a great network.
0: Yeah, well, it's always fantastic when we hear that back from members. So reassuring that we're doing some things right. But I guess today, the thing which is really interesting is to take the example of your career and uh, really understand how that's developed and shaped over time and how you started off on your finance career and how this has led into this really strategic insight with your role with Saitora. it'd be really interesting just to dive into the early foundations of your finance career and uh, how that how that became the thing that you were gunning for
1: yeah absolutely well i can start out with my you know did a maths degree and off the back of that went into um into deloitte in audit so that was a three and a half half year qualification aca so i became a chartered accountant and in that in that three and a half years i had a great time i learned an awful lot and you know you got got to see a real diverse variety of companies as well in audit so going into you know big um, FTSE 100 companies going into kind of um, family owned businesses, agencies that are part of bigger, you know, bigger groups. Um, and as part of that, I, I got a feel for where I did and didn't want to be. So after, you know, when obviously working for a company like Deloitte, with you know, thousands of people across the world, it's, um, you know, I realized that what I was really looking for well, actually, and I, I didn't come upon this realization myself. It was a, a TED talk by Dan Pink called where he talks about autonomy, mastery, and purpose, uh, and that just massively resonated with me. And I, I felt like the best way to really uh, to get all all three of those things, so it is by joining an early stage company. So at that point, I I did some googling for. You know, not not knowing anyone in the startup ecosystem at the time, just googled like how to work in startups, and I uh, went to a, a website called Working Startups and found a job on that, which was a jobs board. And yeah, ju- just joined joined a company called Yieldify, which was ten people big at the time, uh, and that was a marketing tech company. And it was just brilliant. We, we you know in in three years we grew from grew from that you know ten people to one hundred and eighty people. Went through you know seed and Series A funding. And it was just a brilliant brilliant experience. And, and yeah, I, I learned a hell of a lot in that time and I really didn't know what I was doing. So go, you know, going going from having a lot of support in the Deloitte system where you've got the hierarchy, you've got managers and constantly getting, you know, feedback and they they really good at that, you know, going through the qualifications, you're just constantly learning. Um, but you know, in a structured way to then go get thrown in at the you know at deep end of a, a high high growth startup. Doing everything for the first time where you haven't really seen anyone else do it right <laughs> just made it made a ton of mistakes but what what yeah I got a lot of value from the, the startup CFO network as well because the none of these problems uh, are being solved for the first time you've got a group of people who have been been through it and seen it and done it a million times yeah that, that, that really helped me a lot
0: yeah but well, that's where the group is really handy I mean most of our members probably did have a corporate life before they were in startup world. And, you know, the point that you make where there's a lot more structure, but you're also restricted as to what you can own. You don't have as much autonomy. I think nearly everybody finds that journey where suddenly you've got loads of autonomy, but a huge number of things to solve. And there's that itching feeling that probably other people have figured this stuff out and you just need to find them. And that's really where our group Startup CFO adds, adds lots of value. and. Were there early learnings at Yodify? Because it was quite a big growth journey, right? You were there during very steep periods of growth. Were there early findings that you discover that that, that helps you think about how your CFO career would pan out in the end?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um I, I mean, firstly, the you know, what, what what we've already talked about, that, you know, it's not uh, you know, any any problem that's being solved has already been done before. So don't, you know, you don't necessarily need to build everything from the ground up. In fact, don't try and uh, try and solve things with the path of least resistance where possible. Yeah, definitely don't over-engineer. You know, we 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 implemented a yeah we, we implemented an ERP too soon. We don't we you know we we definitely didn't need to to go to that stage uh, when we did. I think so. so some of the learnings are just focus on the on the most important things. Uh, really, really uh, focus, 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 focus as, as much as you can narrow it as much as you can really just solve the, the most pressing issues don't over engineer. And I mean, that, that, that's that's the real um, lean startup approach that is uh, is important.
0: Yeah, those are good lessons. I think it's quite easy for founders to think that because they're doing something that's really big that the solution needs to be big and often the solutions can be a series of relatively small solutions just brought together in a really innovative manner and i think you see that in the business generally but you also see that in how you grow the finance function and then when you started to think about the next thing you would do in startup world and the ideal business that you would grow your career in how did how did that pan out how did you start to think about the role that you would end up in and particularly how you Found your role and uh, started to work with the, the founding team at Saitora.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, firstly, I took a year out. So I went uh, at the end of the, the Yodify experience, which was, um, you know, a real, a real intense period. I wanted to take some time to figure out whether this is this is the type of work that I want to continue doing, or you know, what 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 do I like about it, or what you know, was I just because when when you're in it it's very difficult to to take a step back and go okay i'm doing this for the right reasons and not just that you kind of got caught up in it um so i took a year out went traveling and and you know while i was that while i was on this traveling um you know just had such an itch that i wanted to to dive back in and solve real problems and uh, build companies it's um it's it you know uh, i then realized that that i did that i did really enjoy doing it and um you know i was looking for looking for the next thing so then then when i came back uh, back to london i was looking for you know speaking to my network uh, about um whether there are opportunities uh speaking to some recruiters and eventually um you know what, what the the criteria that i was looking for was it needs to be solving a really big problem so it's got to have a you know big growth opportunity. There's got to be founders that I I genuinely trust. That you know I I I, I think that they have big big potential themselves, and that they're you know open to growing and and uh, and you know they're not coming in thinking they know everything and they are um, you know smart and driven uh, and they're, you know passionate. So the, the, those were the, the the kind of two main criteria. Um, and then thirdly, something that I have an interest for. So those were the three, three, three search criteria. criteria. Uh, and then when I came across Saitora, it, it was ticking all, all three of those boxes. So it operates in uh, in insurance and just a massive 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 market with huge opportunity. You know, quite quite slow to the uptake with some of the AI, AI solutions. You know, just big big opportunity that we've seen. Anyway, uh, you know, some market dynamics that we've seen in in other um, industries uh you know it was sort of the opportunity within insurance it was you know the, the founders i got on really really well with uh and you know like them a lot and um, i'm pleased you know having having now stayed on for for four years yeah that, that that's uh you know it, it's been great continuing to work with them and seeing seeing them grow uh, and growing with them and yeah thirdly it was uh it was really talking to my my maths background so initially we were focused on on building risk models that were you know predicting how likely buildings are to burn down based on external data uh, it was really it was kind of an, a, an interesting problem to be solving and you know we've since evolved from that into actually extracting information from pdf and email submissions uh, and then you know prioritizing those on uh, how likely they are to be a good risk for the for the insurer helping uh, route them to the right underwriters and then uh, and process so it's uh, yeah, it it's evolved in time, but yeah, I really really enjoy enjoy what it is that the company does too.
0: Yeah, that sounds like an amazing journey, and uh, it does sound like you've really figured out what the filtering criteria need to be for you when you're looking for the business that you think would suit you best, allow you to really deploy your skills and capabilities. And then when we look at your career overall, and you've got the Deloitte piece, which uh, brings a lot of structure and discipline, but also allows you to look at many businesses. and then the mathematics from when you were at university. Uh, presumably it must sort of set you up to be the analytical strategic type of cFO. is that is that how you would describe yourself? It's an
1: interesting one because that that's really how I thought about um, you know finance when i when I started my journey. So you know mathematics, you you get presented with a challenge and there is a solution. And there might be a couple of ways to get to that same solution. But at the end of the day, it's either it's correct. So you get a tick. Then in, in, in audit, similarly, I mean, there, there is a little more gray, but ultimately, there are some regulations or some that you've got to, got to apply. You know, are they correctly following this process? It's tick, ticking boxes and making sure that, that, that it's correct. But then, then actually, when sitting in the, in the finance seat, there's a finance leader. It's really not black and white like that it's really not about i don't know following something and it's either correct or not it's about it's it's about the journey and it's about you understanding you know where 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 the company could be going figuring out uh, you know the the analysis is super important but ultimately that's uh, that's only part of part of the story is the analysis what you really need to be doing is is taking everyone on that on that journey you are really effective finance leaders are storytellers so they are able to to do that analysis and then have that feed into where the company is going. You know all the inputs that are required to get there, um, engaging the people who who also need to be uh, as a part of that process, whether those are, uh, invested board members, the uh, employees, um, you know, um, yeah, I mean, like sh- other stakeholders like customers and things. So yeah, it's um. It's a yeah, a really, really powerful tool.
0: When you were thinking about that and realizing this was important development for you and really help you to add lots of value, what, what types of things had you done in the past that you felt helped you to bring these stories alive and really use that storytelling as a communication tool?
1: So, it was a, it was a, it was something that I was particularly bad at. It was something you know I was getting feedback regularly, you know, when um, in the earlier days of my in my career. You know it's all well and good giving a presentation like this is something that needs to be done but um, you know when when you're not starting with the why leading people on that on that journey helping them uh, and giving them you know the validation it might be clear to you why but unless you're able to communicate effectively to them that uh, that this is the these are the reasons then you know you're not going to get anywhere and i was constantly getting that feedback that i was either overcomplicating things and part of that may have been you know as a result of some you know imposter syndrome, somewhat, where you want to come across as being really intelligent, and um, you know maybe you, you've got you've got everything covered, and look at look at all this in-depth analysis. Really, the best you know to 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 do it effectively, even if you're just talking about one thing, but it seems like a really simple metric. If you're doing that really really well, then that's way way more effective. So so some of the things that I uh, I did to to try and hone that skill after after getting that feedback was come away and, and write a, a, a like a, a fantasy fiction novel. so I, I did that I mean part you know when I was traveling that was that was my goal was to, to write that while I was away um, and you know wrote, wrote a, a story of over 70,000 words um, and I've been working with a literary mentor since on on honing it and uh, getting it to a point where it, it it's it's finally kind of finished.
0: Wow, Tom, that, that that's amazing. I'm not sure we've got another member in the group who's written a book. I mean, it's uh, it's quite a thing to go and do that, and actually even to go and do it on your gap year, where presumably there were probably quite a few distractions that could steer you away from the desk.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was it was an um, the, it, it was it was an amazing opportunity to to do it actually, because when you're when you're doing the travelling, there is quite a lot of actual travelling involved, so it's quite simple just to kind of get open your notebook or, uh, you know, or, or, f- or open the laptop while you're sat in an airport departure lounge or you're, um, you know, wait, waiting, you, know, you, you might just be at, at the beach or whatever. And and, the, and also you, there's so many different amazing things happening around you while you're doing this traveling that there's it, it's, a, it's, a part, it's a point of great um, inspiration. You know, while while traveling around, going around Eastern Europe, uh, sorry, like uh, Asia and uh, Australasia and places like that, and just seeing all these different plants and animals and everything, it, um, you know, it, it leads leads to leads to inspiration. So it was it was a great time for me to do that.
0: And when you're taking this these learnings that you developed on your gap year about how to express things and build this narrative so it's kind of really rich and steer and and the story goes home uh do do you find that when you're presenting things say externally in a board meeting or with investors or something like this that you're deploying those skills differently from when you present to the employees or is it broadly the same skill set i think broadly
1: broadly it's the same skill set i mean ultimately what the goal is with the communication is that you know you have an understanding of uh, of an idea that you're trying to you know communicate to the other the other person or the other group of people whether those are board members whether those are employees and they're they're going to have different incentives and you you know you, you need to properly understand what their incentives are to effectively communicate. I think that's one of the biggest learnings as part of that writing process because I I, I partnered with them. Um, another friend of mine who you know we we challenged each other uh, on on this book writing and he was a brilliant character builder but actually not not as strong on uh, on narrative so uh, wh- wh- whereas i was um i was building an, uh, you know a clear narrative but the characters just were not were not um were not distinguished and clear enough and and it was brilliant working with him because he'd often tell me this this is not what that character would say they like I think that's this other character or you know and he'd help me hone that and and that's because of these incentives like you, you know you've got to understand who the characters are um and what what what's driving them to then better understand like you know like what 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 decisions they might be making and how they might be thinking and feeling about it and that's the same with any presentations communication you know whether they're giving feedback in one-to-ones like you really need to understand why you know what is driving that that individual um in order to effectively communicate uh, the points
0: yeah that's very interesting that uh to really bring a point home you've got to make it very clear what the motivations are and why why this story is worth your efforts to really engage with it and really understand it yeah amazing so tom now we've really got our heads around uh that piece around storytelling and really getting that point home I guess in order to build those stories, if it's for your exec meetings, your trading meetings or whatever, I guess you really need to have a team beneath you that have got all of the insight in terms of data analytics, et cetera. And how have those learnings panned out at your time at Sitora?
1: Yeah, I think that's that's exactly right. Is that, you know, you need that data and analytics in order to know what you're going to be communicating, right? So step one is to actually have a view so you need to figure out your, for yourself what what it is that you know you believe in and what the position you're going to be taking is and that is done in you know in that data and analytics so you need to have systems in place like as table stakes that is giving you the accurate information um and in it, it, it's it's in a way that is going to help you to actually build that story yourself uh, you know if i think about you know or well, at saitora um in in other roles like the, the the people that are really enabling you to do your job effectively as a CFO are giving you that data, giving you the analytics that is going to help you to make make those decisions. And then it's for you to run with that and turn that into an effective story and communicate that uh, effectively.
0: Yeah, that makes a huge amount of sense. And when you're hiring for those people, are there particular things that you're looking for? I mean, what, 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 what skills complement the ones that you bring?
1: so firstly there's the software and infrastructure uh, understanding that they need to be fluent in data they need to be understanding where to get the data how to link the data together um and you know not I, you know, ideally not to like lean on an engineering team in order to to get that data for them but be able to to dive in themselves if you're able to build out that bi infrastructure that democratizes data Meaning that it doesn't matter, you know, who you are, what your um, what your engineering literacy is. It's basically a no-code environment for querying data uh, databases. Then that's really, you know, really enables people who are doing that analysis, and it means that you're not kind of ring fencing that data. A really effective BI empowers the, the the broader organization. Where where there's you know where I've seen it not work particularly well is where there's one person who is constantly getting asked for reporting and can you change this and you know have you considered looking at this and that and um can you get this report to me by da 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 where it works brilliantly is where you know it doesn't matter who you are what your role is you can just go and query that data yourself that that, yeah that that, that's that's really empowering
0: yeah that's certainly um the the future of Data analytics in in business, as far as I can tell, where, as you said, you, you don't have to run around and see the tech people to get data. You've just got, got access to it. And those tools are, as you rightly said, you know, very democratic. Anybody can access them. You don't need to be a whiz in SQL. You can just dive in there and build on other people's queries and elements and uh, ideally have a uniform way of looking at the business, even though you're enabling many people across the business to capture those insights. And uh, yeah, it sounds like that, that type of thing really, really does allow you to build a really strong set of stories about how the business is doing, and what the key things that the business needs to focus on would be. And then Tom, when you take this forward, and you think about these learnings that you've captured in the last decade or so, and the way that your career has shaped over time, do you think that as things are changing, things are changing all the time and more businesses genuinely become tech businesses, do you think that the future CFO needs to bring slightly different skills or a slightly different balance from people that might have embarked on that career 15, 20 years ago?
1: Yeah, I think the, the finance leaders of uh, of the 10, 15 years time versus the finance leaders 10, 15 years ago, I think 10, 15 years ago there was, there was quite a reliance on being technically literate, being able to build the infrastructure yourself, um, but I mean now now a lot of these systems are far easier to integrate through APIs and etc. And there is more availability of people who who can you know, can set these things up. You know, I've, I've uh, another finance leader I've spoken to a bit has um, you know went out and like figured out how to code in SQL, and I just didn't think that that was the right approach because if you're having to do that then it means that other people are, are you know are, are going to struggle to access the same you know data you're you, you're doing i think that a, a really effective finance leader is going to make sure that that data is more more widely available to, to others um so i think in the future that technical understanding you know for, from a systems perspective isn't as important or isn't going to be as important but i think you know uh, if, if you're the, the I think technical understanding is important in terms of what the company does, though. So, for you to effectively manage manage the finances for a tech company like 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 Saitora, um, you do need to have some technical literacy and understand what the product does and uh, what what people's roles within that company do um, uh, and where the product's going. Uh, so, so yeah, it's a, it, it's a bit of both, really.
0: Mm. And that makes a huge amount of sense because if you look at the situation in the states particularly on the high valuation businesses that you get on the nasdaq and you look at the background of the people in those cfo roles i mean they are tech cfos albeit their their businesses are a bit larger than us uh, those guys are very often they're investment bankers by background they're lawyers by background uh, they very rarely are accountants have really come up through being a cfo in an early stage tech business that's kind of evidence for your point which is. You don't need to be a technical accountant, nor do you need to be the one that builds the planning model, nor do you need to be the one that has the um, analytic knowledge about tools to build a BI function, but you do need to be the person that can uh, shape how those requirements need to be formulated uh, and shape what those outcomes need to be, and also look towards taking those data points, building those stories, being able to make sure you've got excellent comms with the city and they completely understand your narrative. And that and that means that what you have is probably a talented generalist as a CFO perhaps rather than a technician who's become um, a business leader, something like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that really resonates. So I, I do agree with that. Um, I think ultimately, I, I, I think that's the, that's the fun bit as well for me is the... Um, uh is is that making things happen like there's do, doing the analysis is is interesting and sometimes kind of um it is taxing and the, 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 there's there's fun in that in you know, intellectually stimulating but i think that what you know what why you join a a, a company you know no matter what stage is to really drive impact uh, so you know it's making the decisions it's you know effectively communicating so that some of those things will, will get what will, will happen it's that it's then executing which is uh it's great to be able to focus more on that
0: yeah absolutely i completely agree and uh does bode well for uh the talented generalist or the person who's happy to jump between silos in the old world the banking and legal and the finance silos and able to make those leaps really understand the business that they are at the helm of. And drive impact. I think um, that's a very good uh, yeah. way of framing the way that CFOs of the future are going to need to think about themselves. Yeah,
1: definitely. I, I think CFOs of the future, you're not a you're not a specialist in finance. You're a specialist in the company you work for.
0: I completely agree, Tom. And, that, and that's very well phrased. Tom, I'm conscious of time and uh, I could I could talk for um, quite, quite some time on this topic because it is fascinating. And it's really interesting to hear about your experience. But as always on the CFO Insights podcast, there's only so much time we can commit to making these episodes. But Tom, uh, it's really been a pleasure to do this, um, an even bigger pleasure to have you as part of the group for the last seven or eight years. Uh, and I'm sure we're I'm really keen to have you back on one of these topics on a future episode
1: no thanks so much and uh, looking forward to uh, listening to the other
0: podcast thank you for listening to CFO insights brought to you by the startup CFO membership group if you're looking to develop your finance career please check out our L&D program at startupcfo.tech and if you haven't subscribed to this podcast already you know what to do